All right, the clap it up. That's how we begin. Mm. Welcome to another episode of Cinelinguist. I am your co-host, joined by Aiden. What's up? And yep, today we yep. got a guest, hello, Zach hello. Bendegar, good friend. Um, is car guy a derogatory term? I wouldn't say so. Does that box you in? Yeah, I don't want to box you. Uh, a little boxed in, but yeah. we'll we'll get our way out of the box. You are you are of our friends the only knowledgeable car guy that we know. I don't know any other. Yeah, the only guy that I know that if something was wrong with his car, he would check it first and not just go straight to a shop. Yeah, or just try blowing it up on the highway and then pulling it back. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, and just reupholster it. Yeah, you do almost <laughs> all, usually have like a cycle of cars. I, I haven't really seen you drive one for too long. Yeah, I just have this never-ending cycle of going through junky old cars, and it's turned into an addiction really more than just a hobby. So Okay, nice. so you need you need help. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping yeah. to get some help here today. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta scratch that itch, though. I, there's no help for that. Yeah, so, you know, believe it or not, our topic today is cars. No. So we had to recruit our friend Zach here to talk us through some car movies. So there today, is a lot of car terminology in these movies. There's a shit ton. Even, oh, yeah. in, even in Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, it was, there's a lot of NOS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, you I'm, got NOS there? <laughs> That's all they said. And then Ja Rule comes in, they got 10 grand under the hood. No, Monica. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. Uh, yeah, so we got Ford vs. Ferrari came out last year, 2019. Uh, got some got some Oscar love. And then we'll be covering Fast and Furious, the original from 2001. And then we'll clean it up with Senna, a documentary that came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, so let's start off with the one most people are recently familiar with ford versus ferrari sure classic american tale oh yeah car designer carol shelby and driver ken miles who's probably the to me the best part of the movie uh battle mm-hmm. corporate interference and the laws of physics true. wow true which is worse well they corporate s- life or we're all gonna succumb. gravity we're all gonna succumb to the laws of physics one day That's as you true. learn so yeah but yeah, let's get let's get it uh, kicked off. Zach, what, what were some of your your early thoughts on this? Was this your first time watching? First time watching, okay. and the first thing that I saw as just like somebody that's really a car enthusiast. When you see the environment, I think they did a really good job of just like capturing the '60s. Like it's very immersive mm. and so in the details. I mean, you could tell that there was a big budget behind this because yeah. every car that's in the background everybody's activities and their outfits and what they're wearing is just so catered towards the era of, of what was going on at the time. Budget was $97.6 million. Jeez. Continue. Well, I love it whenever they would uh, walk out into the track during a race, you know, like before the race or yeah. something like that. You like see everybody. Each other. I kind of wanted to, like, I wanted more of that, like, race culture. Yeah. The pre, had to go it, it seemed like, like a tailgate where they're f- fixing their cars, like prepping their engines and stuff. And I think just like the audio really adds to the ambiance of what's going on too. So when you're talking about being on the racetrack, when you're hearing it through your ears, it it really feels like you're there. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was felt immersive. Like they they really expanded their money and just really spent the budget to make you feel like you're really there. And then obviously, I'm sure all the cars cost a pretty penny. But um, yeah. yeah. And we're guided by Christian Bale, who I thought had a great performance yeah. and then matt damon had a like we were saying before the pod kind of a dad role solid solid dad matt that's where he's at right now though yeah you know? he's mm-hmm. at the age of just being dad matt and, and he was tasked with like having some cheesy scenes too that i don't blame on matt like the uh 
when he drives with the Ford exec. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, Look how fast these cars are. Yeah. And he starts crying. Yeah, he starts crying. Okay. This is about the time where they shit themselves. <laughs> I, I thought it would have been way funnier if that's what happened to the, the CEO. but Yeah, corporate cheese. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and then the other one was when he flies a plane. Yeah, that part was really random. I checked this guy out, guys. I used to drive planes in, nah, in World War II. This yeah. Before not. Just hops right in. I, don't, I just like, it doesn't... <laughs> That that part to me was a little weird because it was like, okay, so who's the wild card here? Is it is it Christian yeah. Bale or Matt Damon? We got to establish one. I, I I would say it was Christian Bale. Well, yeah, but they, but they were mean, a duo, right? They had two pretty different personalities, but both loved just cars. just car puritans, you know. But mm-hmm. what's curious to me is how Lee Iacocca and Carol Shelby would have actually reacted if they were able to see just like how all this went down in the mm-hmm. movie. Like, if they thought it was a correct interpretation of what actually happened. Right. And Lee Iacocca played by a Sinolinguist Hall of Famer. John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Oh, man. They they stepped him up to a high-class man. You I was know, he's worried. He's a suit. I was, was worried strange. about that. I did read Lee Iacocca did come from some humble beginnings. Uh, so okay. Well, that makes sense. It may, it's okay. He passes our... Uh, or yeah. sort of Everett uh, yeah, for context, quiz. We've got our Hall of Fame actors and actresses here for Cinelinguists, but they generally have to play blue-collar roles. Yeah, hmm. And they have to, at least in the beginning, they need to do some gritty some gritty shit. John Bernthal is always doing some gritty he's shit always doing some gritty in every movie. Yeah. But yeah, they did. They won Best Editing and Sound Editing. Yeah, and I mean, to go back to the editing itself, I mean, the driving sequences... The lights that are happening mm-hmm. and the blurs. Um, yeah. you, you could tell that there was a little bit of CGI going on back there mm-hmm. with the cars, but for the most part, a lot of that felt very real. And I think yeah. that just really added to the experience. It wasn't like the Fast and the Furious where they're trying to have the overstimulation of how many gears they're actually going through. Mm-hmm. It was more just about like what is actually happening when two drivers come to a corner. Yeah. And, you know, there's even that one sequence where, um, uh, what's his name? Ken Miles Ken. and... Yeah, Ken Miles. Sorry, yeah. I just blanked right there. You're good. Uh, when he's coming into the corner and he pins his opponent to have to pick a decision where it's like either I'm going to come into contact uh-huh. with you or you're going to get driven off right. the road. Mm. So I just thought that was really it's, cool. It, so Ken Miles was on the race when they are on the test track and he'd you know do a couple laps or whatever, come back and like give precise... Uh, descriptions of yeah, like how, was the measurements. Th- I'm sure it went like changed. that too. Yeah. That's insane. Because like, like field drift coming one way or another, and then it needs to be like that's pretty insane. He reminded me like the only people I know that are like grown and obsessed with something lately in my life has been like skaters who like that's just all. It's just like they skate every day, and then they're like, oh, I should probably get this new board or tweak it this way. Only watching skate videos. His character just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Just all cars all day. He has his own shop. And then when his shop's not going well, he works in a different shop, and then he races those cars, and like that's all. Who better he cares to play about. that character than Christian Bale to just get Who's obsessed? Like, hey, we got a psychopath for you. Yeah, like, done. Yeah, boom, nailed. He's just throwing the wrench. Uh-huh. Yeah, honestly. And they did the uh, parental aspect of that character pretty well. Yeah, they, they could have gone full blown. It could have been way cheesier. Neglection and stuff like that, but yeah. they. They generally kept it on the car. Yeah, focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they. I think the. I thought about that during the movie. I was like, this dad kid relationship could be like either overdone to where he's like, I love my kid, like too much, or he could he could be that like 
non-existent dad, but mm-hmm. I think they balanced it pretty well, to be honest. What's um, interesting too is what they did with Ken Miles's wife mm-hmm. and her interpretation of like how she's a huge car enthusiast too, and I thought mm-hmm. that was just a really nice touch to kind of bring like the gender neutrality just to like yeah. car culture because as of recent a lot more women are getting into cars but mm-hmm. there was a point in time you know 20 or 30 years ago where it was like oh you know it's like a manly thing yeah to do or whatever. Thing. so because i think they do still gatekeep like straight up my mom knows more about cars than me and but then when she tries to talk you're like hey all right woman <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like if other people are around because she learned from her brothers who are like you know half of them are mechanics but mm-hmm. if, if i were to say that then without my mom even being involved somebody would be like oh you pussy <laughs> you know like get out of the hood so i feel like the gatekeeping is like so oh yeah and i know nothing yeah, about persistent. cars i mean it's it's probably still a problem but it's getting a lot better yeah. than what it used to be that's good so. yeah i mean i i don't i don't know i i like cars from afar i just you know it seems like a hobby that would take i mean i would have to learn a lot that i didn't get any any sort of car education when i was young and slash i'm also broke most of the time and you're a lazy piece of shit get up at 7 a.m put the time in nah. give yourself an oil change I will, right i will not i will not <laughs> do that that's also a thing too like you have to want to put in the work and i'll just it would just sit there it, it'd be like my ancestors just cars sitting in their lawn growing mold you know i aspire to be that one day <laughs> <laughs> um uh i think something that it was cool to give some insight on because i know nothing about racing at all Give some insight on on is it Le Mans, Le Mans, Le Mans. Yeah, I didn't know there was a twenty four hour race. Yeah, man. that's fucking nuts. Crazy. I knew about like Tour de France and how those take like a lot, but I didn't know there was a car one where you need people pulling shifts on the same vehicle and how the vehicle is just as important as the person driving it, or mm-hmm. even even more so. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea that that was like a if you don't have the right sponsor. I thought there was an even playing field. But if you don't have the right sponsor, your car is going to suck. 60s, baby. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. It's never even. Um, but uh, yeah. So it kind of opened my eyes to this, the whole world of, of racing that I knew nothing about. I've never been to a racing event. I've never had the desire to. But I don't know. Because I feel like NASCAR gets a pretty bad rap in the U.S. It's just kind of, oh, is this white, trashy it Depends thing. on who you ask. Yeah. But in this. Uh, but you're right. I, they make I, I it. They make it. Going. They make it look like, oh, this is very a high class thing that you're doing when you're racing. Oh, yeah, racing sick. That's the. Th- I, I didn't. Mean, know. NASCAR, and the same with Senna, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah, it seemed like a oh, very so- upper echelon of society thing. Yeah, NASCAR. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is pretty much exclusive to the U.S. and generally the South. What, yeah. What's your? What are your? There's one in your Eastern Washington, right? And there some NASCAR racing going out there. Yeah, for sure. But I think, I think about so. like the dominant ones are like. Daytona and yeah, shit. Oh, yeah, sure. I would say here in the Pacific Northwest specifically, there's a huge, like, drifting scene. Mm-hmm. So when you go to most of the speedways, you're going to see, like, dirt bikes and drifting mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but when you go to more of, like, middle America and stuff like that, that's where it really thrives. I mean, mm-hmm. if you go to Texas to go see, like, a NASCAR race, that's where you're going to see all the diehard fans go. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really make you more or less of a car person. It's just a different niche. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a moment in time where racing was really at its peak for the Le Mans race. Really? I mean, it's, it's a, when it's Ford a, was like, we're doing this America. Yeah. It's when two yeah. companies were so passionate that they were willing to invest so much money and time and people just to win a race, mm-hmm. um, to get the, the more huge recognition is, Oh, we're not just producing cars. 
And I think that's where Ford was at, where it's like, gotcha. oh, we're we're producing quantity, but we're not producing quality. Right. Yeah. That's what Lee Iacocca was really that trying to do. That small team, that which was really sick, seeing them like, all right, I guess we'll try and compete with Ferrari, which is that's all they do pretty yeah. much is make those like small batch quality cars. So for them to even step in the ring was a pretty big deal. It right? was cool. And I think, yeah, you kind of, just because like um, John Bernthal's character is kind of over, overshadowed by, yeah, by Christian Bale it, yeah, and Matt right. Damon. And even some of, like Matt Damon's head mechanic, the guy. Mm-hmm. Who's in, but anything you read about the story, Iacocca is like. Well, yeah, it seems like his brainchild. Like, right. If it wasn't for him, it wouldn't have happened. He definitely was mm-hmm. overshine. God damn it. He was. God damn it, Matt. Well, that's what they do. You know, if you're a blue collar man, that's what they do you. That's how they do you if you're an Everett man. Really quick. Uh, so after living in L.A. for, you know, two and a half years, uh, c- coming back here and driving, like it was it was dry out and I'd see like the Northwest car scene you know these like various like kind of lower yeah hondas lower subarus golfs like a lot of hatchbacks and stuff like that and i was like god what how did this develop and then the next day i'm driving out in the rain it's like pouring rain and i'm getting onto an off-ramp and these these two like you know subaru hatchback looking things go past me in the shoulder it's like two inches in rain i'm like oh yeah that's why because they can (laughs) zip through this rain they don't give a fuck it's, yeah, it's pretty fucking, sick, and it seems it feels unique to me. To the your Acura couldn't handle it. Oh, dude, my Acura was right in the throws <laughs> of it, man. Oh, are you serious? The Acura Integra GSR? Yeah, That's wait a till we very start desirable on car. Fast and Furious. First scene, yeah, there's an Integra. I saw yeah. that. It just pulled up right there too. Uh huh. I almost got out of my seat. Hey, that's me. Hey, keys. <laughs> I'm itching. I'm itching. But that is kind of unique to the Northwest in a lot of ways, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that would, car scene. I would say that that is definitely like the most popular that you'll see. There's a lot of people that will take it usually two ways is function or Mm. form. So, you know, you get the people with like the stanced out cars where Mm. it looks like they wouldn't even be able to get over a book. That's yeah, in the middle out. of the road. Yeah, that's such a car term. The, lo- the super yeah. load ones, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you have the people that are more into like the functionality of like, you know, making a full blown race car or just like a really cool street car. So it just really depends on where you take that. And yeah, what's, clue me in on the on the because i had a, a honda civic before that my brother just bought off someone and then i bought it from him and it was very it was lowered a lot i remember i hit you up when i was thinking about buying a car and um i didn't see the i didn't see the benefit i i'm a big fan of of low riding cars i think they look awesome but man i would hit a, a speed bump and i thought the car was just gonna Is break traction control yeah, what's what's going on? What's going What is that? Full throttle? What's going on? No, but but like is it I mean, why why did why did lowering cars become this huge thing? One, not that you will have that answer, but like in your idea. Mm-hmm. And then man, it just seems hazardous. As a guy who's not a car guy, <laughs> it just seems like it's just going to take a lot more time to do things. Like, okay, we can't take a uh, i405 because they got the little divot you know so we're gonna go back roads and we're gonna yeah there's there's people they really dedicate like their journeys everywhere Mm -hmm. to be so calculated that they need to know like what's going to be an obstacle what's going to be in the road they have to remember like you know where this pothole is going to be yeah like a simple just pulling into like a drive-through if there's a little bit of an incline you're like well this car's not gonna so but it does it does give does it give traction it gives better handling what's yeah so essentially what you're doing is you're just lowering the entire center of your gravity of the whole car Mm -hmm. and what that does is typically it will help with the handling characteristics so it'll give you a sharper turn in and stuff like that on on a track 
But I mean, for the most part, for everybody that's just like driving to the grocery mm-hmm. store and stuff, cool. it just looks cool. Yeah, right? I can I can respect that. And mm-hmm. you know, there, there's like the the mild lowerings, and then there's like the people that really take it like just to scrapers. the extreme. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it just depends on where you're at with that, and mm-hmm. maybe finding like a pretty good middle ground so you could still drive it every day, and it's not like a complete, you know, pain in the ass to have to take anywhere so i saw one in in san diego that was like it had to be a half inch off the ground like it was like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it if i were to have seen it hit even a tiny bump or like a rock it just it seemed like that would happen and what a lot of people do to alleviate the solution so that you have the coolness of being the lower lowered air. on the ground as well as being able to just have the drivability is actually putting the car on bags so there would be like this electronically controlled airbags in all four corners so you can choose your ride height whenever you get in the car. And it's so advanced now, you can literally just do it through your phone. Damn. Right, right. That's so, crazy. So what they call it is... Um, it's not hydraulics. Something different. Hydraulics. Like can raise and lower it. Hydraulics is more for like the 80s, like hip-hop cars, mm-hmm. you know, okay. like a old like Chevy Impala that's mm-hmm. got the hydraulics. The little bounce. Th- those actually are physical switches that are in the car. Mm-hmm. And that directs where the air goes in the car so it'll hit one corner it'll go up it'll go down yeah um but for for airbags it's mostly for like luxurious cars um if they're going for like that certain look it's called vip and um what that does is when you press the button when you park it is literally on the ground Hmm. you can go leave it and then people can admire the car or whatever and when you come back to it it raises it up and then drive away i'll do that but again you got to be crazy careful if you if if like you parked in the wrong area, you get towed. That thing is like impossible. Yeah, bent and scraped and. Well, I'll get the Subi down on, you know, get him on some twenty twos. Get it real low. No, that would be sick. No, you gotta go <laughs> battle mode with that. Get I it, know, dude. That thing. That I think this car is heavy and... enough to just drive through a, a bus. Like if we crashed, I would just. <laughs> it's from the eighties. Yeah, they don't make it like that anymore. No, well, back to probably back to the movie. Yeah, this so is just stuff I wanted to know. Um. It, it, you know, you notice how there were like multiple British people working with Ford, mm-hmm. and this was like in the sixties. Yeah, and you know now, like there's like a lot of, uh, at least in the corporate world, there's complaints about like uh, outsourcing, globalism. Hey, it's that's like, just America doing it for a long, a long time. time. That's man. America just building its success in the backs of uh, of people they consider non-Americans. Right. Yeah, but they were able to pass in the sixties if you were just a white Brit. Like, yeah, oh, he's just got something wrong with him. Yeah. Now you see our ancestor, <laughs> but then some, some, the some, some. You know, there was like a, a very knowledgeable black British guy, and they're like, "Oh, hey, hey, no, no foreigners." And the guy's like, "What?" Yeah, they, you can tell lines were were drawn, but I was just a kind of a thought that popped into my mind. You know, anytime you're watching a period piece, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you're like, "Oh, it all looks so amazing," and you're like, "Well, for some people, yeah, you know, right," um, but. I you know I I actually loved Christian Bale in this movie. I want to talk Me about too. that as a positive. Me too. He just completely morphs into the characters that he plays, and he was so convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Matt Damon did a fine job. I'm, yeah. I wasn't blown away by him. I don't think he had to morph a ton for his role. I don't think his role demanded it. Um, but uh, but he he was fine playing this Carol Shelby character. Um, I read that Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt were actually cast as the original two could totally see that yeah um they were the original plan but um i'm very very glad that christian bale um and matt damon came through tom cruise as ken miles 
That'd be wild. Is uh, that what it probably was? I, I would think so. Well, mm. I, I can't mean, really see it, honestly. I feel like Brad Pitt, yeah. he tends to morph sometimes. It's a different movie at that point, you know? Yeah. Like, Christian Bale's able to be this kind of nutty dude without being, uh, like, too overly egotistical. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of Tom Cruise's roles become... Tom Cruise. You become Tom Cruise. Whereas, yeah, Chris, like you said, Christian Bale is... A, he just becomes the person. Man. It's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a... What's the... He's an animorph. You know those books? You remember oh, those? Yeah. Where the, the, the oh, titles? Those, yeah. Where it goes from human to fucking tarantula. You're like, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm not gonna read it, but what a picture! <laughs> Christian Bale goes from human to POW survivor to to human wrench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. So let's let's go around the horn here and give a score, Zach. We do a a score from one to ten at half point intervals. Okay. The eight is sort of our marker for a great fucking movie. You know, if it hits that eight, that's something you can you can throw on time and time again, and it's always gonna hit. Yeah. In a special way, I'll lead off. Um, Ford versus Ferrari. This is seven five for me. I think story plot wise, that's that's typically gonna be around the seven mark, but this the sound, the, the car footage, all that consistently blew me away. Yeah. And like. Ken Miles said, when the car speeds up, everything else slows down. Wow. And man. Once you hit, once you hit fucking 7,000 RPM, buff, <laughs> everything fucking slows down. <laughs> you numpty. He was so locked into that character. So anytime yeah. he was in the car and, and getting out of the car, like it, it, it felt like it really, it really meshed. Yeah. So. It, it also, man, the, the kind of almost POV of the driving scenes was pretty fucking sick, too. Which you yeah. also got in Senna, which I thought was super... That's live oh, footage. Yeah, we'll get to that. That was fucking yeah. sick. Um, I'm going to... I'll go ahead and score, too. I'm gonna also going 7.5 as well. I had it at a 7 just based on... I thought... It, so, we also have 7s or safe bet 7s. Um, and I thought it was a very safe bet movie. I was yeah. like, this is... A, this easy, recommend, easy to recommend. E- yeah. yeah. Most people are going to like this. Um, but I thought... Um, Christian Bale's character for me, I just nerded out on how uh-huh. he just became, and then also the the details on the period piece, it like led me into a world that I didn't know much about, and I didn't really know anything of th- this racing at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty four hours of, of Le Mans in sixty six. Oh, mm-hmm. I think it's Could Le Mans. Right? Le Mans. Le Mans. Yeah. Well, I'm not French, so but uh, but yeah, so it it led me into this like world. I don't know. I just thought it immersed. Made you feel very immersed in uh, that Definitely. world, and then I just thought Christian Bale did a, a bang up job, so mm-hmm. it went up to a seven five for me. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys, and I think seven five would be a pretty good place to put this movie at. Uh, like you guys were saying, it was just like a audible sensation when they were in the cars. I love the video effects, mm-hmm. especially with the driving sequences. I feel like a lot of movie makers have a really tough time trying to figure that all out. And they did a good blend of just, like, the CGI as well as just, like, the real-life cars. Mm-hmm. And very great environments. I really, like, trying to hit that home where mm-hmm. I have really felt immersed in everything that was going on beyond just what the conversation was happening in the moment. Yeah. Two and a half hours? Not It, it didn't feel like it. It got, did not it's feel super, like it. super engaging. Yes. The whole movie is very engaging. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing you can be sure of uh, when you've got... Uh, christian bale on screen like yeah. very few of his movies are like slow rolling or anything uh this guy also directed uh walk the line i was i was checking out his stuff nothing really stuck out besides walk the line which was also really cohesive pauline huggins engaging. last movie she saw true story r.i.p it's my grandma 
Last last time she left her house was to go see old Johnny Cash. She's a southerner. So wow. Hey, that's walk, that's all I remember from Walk the Line. That's all I can ask for when I go out. Just yeah, walk the line. Well, that's right. Um, okay, well let's get, let's get moving now for the movie everybody came here for. Let's be real. The Fast and the Furious, not Fast and the Furious. It's the Fast and the Furious. That's I number one, that baby. Wrong. It's number one. This is number. This is number one. Before I say anything, Zach, t- tell us a little bit about the Fast and the Furious. Did it? It had to had an effect on you. I mean, I remember this day so specifically because <laughs> we were so young that we couldn't even go see the movie. Yeah. But it was that morbid curiosity of just seeing the commercials and the cars in it that really kind of like uh, got the ball rolling, at least for me, and just like turning into kind of like a car addict today. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, where do you guys want to start with it? Boy, uh, well, yeah, give us jaw, give us some, give us some, give us some memories, Jamie. You must have some <laughs> memories of Fast and Furious coming out. I where? didn't watch these movies until my mom moved in with a guy who was a, <laughs> a car guy, but he was like a, a crazy car guy, and Insane. he used to put these on. He used to put on all sorts of random stuff. Um, and I remember this one, I thought it was in the second one, the scene, but it was in this and it, I remember it clear as day. I saw it in sixth grade and they waterboard a guy with oil. Oh, that's right. That was pretty, ba- that was pretty yeah. badass. That was, uh, that's when I was like, okay, this is kind of raw. Even as a kid, I was like, okay, now I'm into he it. He also, <laughs> didn't he ask his friend like what weight we should use? He's like, what, 40 or 50? Yeah. He's like W40, yeah. <laughs> 10W40. Yeah. Kind of. Like, damn, this, this guy's not getting up. <laughs> Kind of um, man. But other than that, I didn't I didn't remember it. I, I haven't watched... Well, I loved uh, Tokyo Drift when it came out. That was big. Yeah, mm-hmm. people loved it. When Tokyo that came Drift. out, that shit was hot. Drifting became very big after that. I remember oh, I didn't know what it was, and then people were like, bro, my brother took a car out in the snow, drifted, sick. And I was like, whoa. What's crazy with the Tokyo Drift, too, is it really brought the car communities together. Because when you'd pull up to the movie theater, you have muscle cars in the corner you have the imports right and it was just like this allegiance of like all car people coming together it's pretty cool so that's where we should start because it was this movie inclusive movie everybody knows about this movie so like getting into the the nitty-gritty is like we'll we'll get there a little bit but this movie launched a fucking franchise and a half like i mean Mm -hmm. what are there nine of these eight more and there's 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 spinoffs too so do you think that they found an audience that was craving for some like representation or they just were like, Hey, let's throw on some, some, some street racing, make an action film. And it was, they just did it so well that it gave rise to this fan base. You, you, you kind of get what I'm asking. Yeah, no, I think that there was just a very, a big drought of just like really good car films that actually were about the cars, about the cars. And mm-hmm. what's so great about this is I know it's a lot of product placement when we look at it today. Yeah, the Corona scene. Only if it's Corona, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, geez. You know, sometimes it's pretty cringe. Yeah, yeah. It oh, definitely yeah. was. But um, the cars were sick. But yeah, just being able to look back at that, it's like a total time machine because you never see those kind of cars today. No, but you definitely did in the early 2000s. That was oh, thing. 100%. It's because everybody was so expressive at the time. Like, your car was basically like a blank canvas. And a lot more people nowadays, I feel like, are a lot more reserved when they do, like, modifications and stuff to not have you stand out. But back then, it's like, you got to have the lights. you got to have the kit. you got to have the Nas. Dude, the the colors of the cars and the lights were fucking sick. I love the neon underneath the car. It reminds me of Dub Edition playing that. uh, Midnight (laughs) Club Dub Edition. 
Absolutely. Especially in in California, especially in LA, where things are a little bit more flashy than in Washington. We're a little bit more reserved here. Yeah, especially because in LA, you've got those like eight lane highways too, where you can just stop people. Whereas here's I five sometimes is like two or three lanes. Yeah. And it, it's harder to flex. People don't know how to drive. Yeah. Do you do you hate that criticism? Uh, Washingtonians, they can't drive. I mean, it depends on how stoned they are. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, man. Um, for memories for this movie for me was uh, specifically, I think I saw it in fourth grade. So like a couple years after it came out, because we you know we were not of age to see this kind of racy movie, pun intended. Yeah. Uh, in a couple ways. Might have done and, uh, you some good. Kept you in the garage. Yeah. Kept see, you at home. The, well, so the thing <laughs> the thing that, that got me was uh, I was very uh, entrenched in being the cool white guy, and, and Paul Walker was the coolest white guy in this movie. Yeah. And 100%. I remember seeing that and being like, that's me. <laughs> even even in like even when I'm like in fourth grade, I was like, yeah, that's, that's who I'm going to be. He is Irish. He is Irish. And, well, and, well, and he plays Brian O'Connor. I got, I got, you know, I was lucky to have a, a, a diverse neighborhood where I really aspired to be the cool white guy. I ended up being more of the, the jokey type dude. Mm, yeah. I didn't get the cool, like, Hey, I'm going to get the girl role and have a cool car and save the day. But, uh, but I aspired and yeah. I, I thought his outfit was iconic, but like the solid T jeans that go down onto the, the converse. I remember like wanting that, that outfit after it, it was came pretty out. clean. And then we're juxtaposed with uh, Vin Diesel's really shitty nineties hair transplant. His cutoffs. <laughs> he's got, it, was, it was so bad. The middle for no reason, he's bald in the very center and then it hair comes strong up yeah, here. Man, that's and that's just, the, I didn't we even call, notice that. We call oh, that the St. Francis I've, of Assisi. I've huge hair transplants in my time. St. Francis of Assisi. That's what we call that. That's where, you know, the, the you know, those Domin- yeah. the, oh, the oh, brothers. He, he was, he was uh, Brother Vin. Yeah, Brother Vin. Yeah, so he was Dominican. He's a Franciscan brother. Yeah, he's Dominican brother. That's why <laughs> I was like, because that was my thing. I was like, what? Because they had like specific, when you pulled it to the races, they were like, all right, this is, this is the black crew. This is the Asian crew. This is the Mexican crew. And then I was like, all right, so what are the Fast and Furious gang? Are they, because they're all like, oh yeah, Toretto. Dom Toretto. I was like, are they the Italians? Is this the Italian group? And then I was like... <laughs> the Italian job. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, but then there's Michelle Rodriguez. I feel like they're just, you know, they, they take all the strays, clearly. Because they had one guy in a, like a, you know, 1980s San Francisco mesh shirt. And I, I was know, like... That was hot. The whole movie, hot. he just wore mesh tank tops. I was like, so he's the gay guy. Is that what's going on? I don't... He just wants to kill Brian the whole yeah. time. <laughs> It's really, he's really fueled by his his desire for Brian. Yeah. That's why. No, especially when they get into the brawl when he's trying to order the tuna. He's like, nobody likes the tuna here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh There's man, so many quotes. We need to we need to get into the cringy writing. Uh, the writing really was quick bad. though, really quick though, because when you're talking about like modifications and stuff like that, you know how the you know there's there's bro science in the gym. You know mm-hmm. we all know about that. Yeah. Is there car bro science? There needs to be if there is. But you know yeah. what I'm saying though. Like, uh, is there a guy who rolls up and he's like, "Yeah, I I know a ton about cars," and he he kind of knows these very basic things. But he's like taking a leap where it's like not grounded in science, but it's this kind of like intuitive fact that he knows. You know, his name is. Um, you know, I'm spacing, but the channel name is Engineering Explained, and oh, okay. I think that's going to be the guy. Okay. If you want to learn just like the very uh-huh. basics of like how cars work, he takes it. He could take it to like a molecular level. But is he level. full of shit sometimes? Everybody is. Okay. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Are there, what's, what would you call, say someone someone pulls up, say 
hypothetically you're in this like race situation and someone pulls up with just like a very basic race car or like one that they think can race and uh do you call them posers do you call them wannabes is there a name for like a uh, a car guy who's not really a car guy yeah i mean for car guys and girls i want to say that it's sometimes with some people it's really like a status thing and i think that's where it's kind of unappealing to others it's like oh well you know, I'm less fortunate and I have lesser of a car versus this person. But in some other people's eyes, they see it as like, oh, well, my car is faster. Do you and think that's that was that a, a, like a, a pro of Fast and Furious? The fact that they ha- a lot of the cars I saw, like, for example, I, like I owned one. Shit. Like, yeah, like they are pretty accessible. Yeah, of cars. N- in that movie. No, I mean, this is the eruption of the tuning world. I mean, before this. You know, is really niche, and mm-hmm. a lot of the times when you see like car people in LA and stuff, it's not about like a tuned Honda. It's about like a Lamborghini yeah, or Rolls Ferrari. Something foreign, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, something with a uh, with history that's mm-hmm. reputable. Right. But with tuning, you can show how much care goes into the cars. Though. Exactly. You know, this is somebody that is taking so much time and research and effort to make it into something that's completely a one of one mm-hmm. versus just going out and buying a really expensive car. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That that was. A cool part was just seeing how all the work that went. He's he's got ten grand under the hood. Like obviously that was kind of a cheesy line, but mm-hmm. it shows like okay, yeah, the the like skeleton of this car is like a a basic say like Civic or Subaru or Acura or whatever. But like how much work and modifications people put in, I feel like I feel like it shows more character. But I think it also gets a bad rap sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now those chassis are so iconic. I mean, just like the orange toyota supra with the huge wing the yeah. target top that's so iconic that now even if you wanted to touch a supra of that era it's gonna cost you at least six figures right really but back in the day you know you could probably find a shelf for four or five grand i saw yeah. a doug demiro video where he's he was uh, had an old yeah. supra from that era mm-hmm. and it was it was so expensive it was the car insane. that um, it was beautiful too yeah in like pristine and that condition. that movie single-handedly did that got for it, a lot right. of the cars that got featured in that i mean every boy's dream you know in terms of like a tuning car is going to be an r34 skyline right from the second movie but gotcha. if you're talking about just like iconic vehicles of course the uh mitsubishi eclipse that gets blown up in the very beginning yep. the gsx that's a very very rare car nowadays the gsx is what's the one that you were talking about is that the one that paul walker uses to save uh the orange one yeah the bright orange one that one's it, fucked that one was sick i yeah, loved that one that was what really kind of cool. car was that again it's a toyota supra yeah that's okay, that was and, super okay. and what's so iconic too is is just the noise of a 2jz engine mm-hmm. and now the 2jz has really ingrained itself into car culture because it's such a modular engine that can make so much power without ever breaking down mm-hmm. so you talk to anybody that is into cars even remotely you bring up 2jz they're automatically going to bring up the fast and the furious mm-hmm. i mean that's where it like really started so yeah so the director who who made this movie was inspired by reading some article called racer x yeah that guy street, wrote that magazine article street racing in new york city mm-hmm. for vibe magazine which right. is started it all just from a magazine article yeah this 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 like late 90s car culture in in new york city that's crazy man this uh the best part about the movie for me was the cars it's just like it just Mm -hmm. displayed so much expression and creativity and Mm -hmm. um there was definitely a cynic in me who wanted to be like oh okay but uh once once they broke out the um the one that vin diesel had the the muscle car 
It was a, like a Chevrolet or a Mustang or mm-hmm. something. I was yeah, just the black like, one. Badass, brother. Yeah, that was pretty sick. So, about the movie, um, the the plot wasn't too complicated. <laughs> no. Uh, L.A. cop. He right. He was a Paul Walker was very. A cop let's undercover. just talk about his commitment to being a cop in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah willing he, to he die. was the worst cop <laughs> you've ever second. seen. He must. It says he must decide where his loyalty really lies when he becomes enamored with the street racing world. He has been sent undercover to destroy. He did an, anything but destroy it. Yeah. No, he was an enabler. hundred <laughs> percent. And the crazy thing is too. I just. I didn't really remember all the like criminal activities and stuff that were happening Me on either. this movie. I, I didn't no remember idea. that. Mm-hmm. I was I just thought it was just gonna be racing the whole time, but I was like, whoa, it kind of goes deeper than that. I had no yeah. idea that Johnny Tran was even a person until this movie. Like, I didn't know there was this, <laughs> yeah. this this bitter battle, and I was just like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. And then the, there's the the coffee shop scene where Paul Walker tells Vin Diesel, "I want in. Whatever you're doing, yeah. <laughs> I want in." He's like. No, no, this is the big stuff, man. This bro, is- you don't want in, bro. Yeah, right. And then he, and then Paul Walker says, like, uh, no, I'm serious. He's like, okay, then. Yeah, like, dude. The whole thing kind of felt like a, like a Tony Hawk. Uh, Underground? Yeah, like a mission or like a. <laughs> I feel like we had a bunch of NPCs going on throughout the, the whole The guy thing. was just like, that's yeah. pretty cool, man. And uh-huh. just kept, you know, Tony Hawk where they stop talking, <laughs> yeah. but they keep doing the arm movements. Right. And that's Yeah, jaw. sure. <laughs> jaw, too, is just another one of those guys. Where yeah. Like, Check under the hood for something and kind of they're kind of robotic in that sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean the writing was bad. The the like as far as the dialogue, like the mm-hmm. I think you didn't. I think you watched the movie for the cars and the chase scenes. One hundred percent. I mean, the, I guess the girls were attractive. You could you could you could say that maybe, but like there wasn't even that much of that in this movie. Yeah, I would say in the second one they really started to bring up like the sexual appeal of like yeah. bringing the import girls in on the mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. What's the what the uh, Suki. The, yeah, I, re- I exactly. remember her like specifically. I remember like there was this uh, when we watched because she wasn't in this one, but she's in the third one, the second one, second one. And I remember people like Suki was a big uh, topic of conversation between the 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 third graders. Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, wait, but dude, Suki, <laughs> dude, you remember Suki? Who are you talking oh. this to? Um, but also with the the video game thing, I, I it felt like that with the racing too. A little mm-hmm. bit when they would be doing the head to head and like what's what was the like kind of the stoner guy's name? Uh, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. Oh, the 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 guy who dies. Yeah. 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 Well, they, he's in that that drag race and just the way they're like pressing buttons and stuff kind of reminded me of playing like and you're like Need for Speed. No. Right? Was it was it did it feel grounded in reality? I feel like they really overused like the nos, nos and the okay. nitrous that was my yeah. main, that was my main question was that was nos big in car culture oh yeah really i mean, I mean to this day it, it's still how, very popular. how fast if you're hitting two tanks well, i don't have no idea what the measurements are Dude, two tanks of nos you don't even know what element we're working with yeah like, I, 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 don't either. I don't know where on the on the, on the chart we are it's we're funny. at three nos yeah <laughs> i got like four noses in my car <laughs> Also, yeah. every car had on the steering wheel Nas one, Nas two. Just yeah. What this movie did terribly was it explained to you what you already saw. There were so many lines oh, and yeah. so kind of many... like an anime. Some people like that though. Yeah, but it was just to the point where I was like, dude, I just watched that, yeah. and no, you're I'm telling you there, me but... you're you're having this character be like, 
whoa, bro, you almost died in what that race. Exposition or something. Yeah, like that, where they're yeah. like explaining what you're like. I see that. Thank you. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> well, I don't. Don't get us away from Nas here. It's, so I'm sure we could look this up, Zach. But I want to hear from you. Nas works. It does to a certain degree, but. Okay. The dramatization of what they do in the actual movie when they go into is, fucking hyperspeed, yeah, it, it's, it's, like, like, it's it's not like you press the NOS button and you hit Mach ten. I yeah, mean, it, it, it's like a gradual thing uh-huh. in terms of a performance increase, uh-huh. and it it is pretty drastic when you actually see it in real life happening, but it's nothing like. It is in the movie where you're going to be going 200 miles an hour. Yeah, that part was crazy. I was like, this guy's going down a residential street. At yeah. It's going to kill himself. And I mean, what's turned into a meme over time, too, is just like the shifting. Like, they must shift at least like 500 times in like so span of two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all just for like the dramatic effect and stuff. And That's right, dude. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. And I just th- thought that was legit. I didn't question it at all. <laughs> no, like, no. Keep, it, keep pumping I it, was man. just like, if I've never driven a fast car, so I was like, that must be the thing. You just got to keep... <laughs> just keep rolling through the yeah, gears. Yeah. There's got to be at least 40 gears. <laughs> no, and uh, another really iconic scene is when they... Uh, they have the car go under the semi. I love that part. They had to specifically make that uh, truck to be much more higher oh, mm-hmm. so that the car could actually go under. Because if you actually did that in real life, you would learn very quickly that it's impossible just to do. just take the top of your car off. Exactly. Yeah. You have a convertible, which is cool. But, I mean, <laughs> for the, the stunt and being able to do that, as well as, like, the visual effects at the time, uh, it still looks really great. It w- uh, That part was super sick. And it was... Michelle Rodriguez is like, I'm going, Dom. And then she's under, oh, man, under <laughs> yeah, the truck. That's cool. Yeah, uh, the whole Vin Diesel, maybe he was my favorite, actually. Because um, of a meme. I don't know if he was like your, well, actually, had, there was no best, this, like, there was no best actor in that movie. He was this, uh, oh, no, he was god awful, but he was uh, <laughs> like this kind of yogi character, you know? He was like the wise one for some, for whatever reason. <laughs> And so he's like giving us all this like pseudo philosophy when he's like, "I live my life a quarter mile at That's a time." That's right. I forgot about that line. Oh and he God. says, "For those ten seconds or less, I'm free." And like, so the rest of your life is a hellscape. Yeah. Then, like, oh yeah. He's cuffs. Like, this sounds like a bad release, man. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah, ten seconds out of the day, I'm just fine." With the rest of your, like, a hard ass on your wife or something? Like, I was just also like, man, a quarter mile, and you drive a race car, so that's over very quickly, and then, then what? Back to wheeling and dealing. Yeah, you know, I gotta make a living, gotta rob trucks. Uh, He's basically the DJ Khaled. Of, yeah, it was... Of, uh, Fast and Furious, right? It was, it's a little... Oh God, just the, the dialogue was terrible. I don't know if... I think that was just the early 2000s. We just made a lot of passable blockbusters. That was like the time to cash in on just big movies. Oh, because for sure. turn, turn of the millennium. Oh, my God, dude. The the Just the role that, oh, all of a sudden he's a cop. But then like later in the movie, he's like, Dom, I'm going to get out of here, brother. He's like, also, why did they race at that part at all? He's like, hey, if you follow me. Well, yeah, that, it, it, that scene was like a half race, half not a race we're gonna beat this train the very end right? yeah yeah because they were they're like having fun with each other but also racing he's like from here to that the stop sign is a quarter mile exactly yeah he's like okay the test is coming it if it didn't feel very natural it felt very forced oh yeah we're gonna line up here and we're gonna go the whole movie was very forced (laughs) i i don't know man it's just like so just like uh 
you're going to give him my beer? You remember that scene where he takes his friend's beer and gives it to him? And he's like, Ugh. it's like, dude, there's like 50 Just other beers in this another party. One, yeah. Get another one, man. That's pride, man. And she's like, that's pride in the car scene. Hey, you need to get upstairs. You need to take a rest. He's like, I'm here to party. And they're like, ah, you're stressed. Just like, it's such a weird, I don't know. There was like, when I was younger, I remember watching and being like, they're so cool. Mm-hmm. But then you get older and realize what they're saying, and you're like, these people are fucking retarded. Who, who, so, who happened to have so cool cars? So stupid, uh, dude. This is the dumbest person I've ever met. But still, I mean, still great looking, getting hot chicks, but yeah. like, oh man. I will say that it's refreshing in comparison to the newer movies because I feel like they've gone completely the opposite way. Where oh, yeah, it's like... like flying cars and helicopters yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's not even about like the tuning culture anymore it's about just like you know these big fancy cars going out of buildings things blowing up and Mm -hmm. you don't even know what the storyline's about anymore right that's a good point yeah at least fast and furious their target audience was the people in, in in general um and they had a vision and i feel like they accomplished it yeah i i somebody saw this magazine article saw something in Here's their a head. subculture that needs to be represented. Yeah, and whether or not they were experts with writing, which we found out they weren't casting, they weren't directing. <laughs> not really. Not really. But they knew the like atmosphere and the environment to create, and I think yeah. that's why they were able to get seven-plus movies out of this. Yeah, well, I mean, the cultural shift from this, movie, th- yeah. this series is insane. Uh-huh. I Like, when I... Lived in Colombia or in Mexico. Uh, this was like one of the first movies they would reference. Were there we, some ca- copycat loved... musics? Uh, uh, movies? Probably. I, I, I mean, I can't remember. What was that? Like some offshoots of Fast and Furious. People tried to cash in on that. Probably. Probably, scene. yeah. I, not I that I remember, mine, but I'm yeah. just saying like that like all eight Fast and Furious movies like in Colombia, people were just dying to yeah. see. Like they couldn't wait. I think, um, what was the eighth one called? I don't. It might have just been Fast and Furious Eight. I don't remember, but they kept it pretty global too, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Yeah. Well, so while I was in Colombia, that's when it came out, and like my my host brother's like, "Oh, we got it. Are we going? You, you must love these movies." And I was just like, "The whole place is crazy." You must man. love these movies. I was like, "Whoa, You're from bro. America? Yeah, that's pretty racist." I think. <laughs> you know me. I'm more of a Spider Man guy. Um, but uh, it was it, it like just the the impact that these movies had, and like how much money they've made, and uh-huh. just like. The things they've inspired is pretty awesome and kept careers of people like Paul Walker and Vin Diesel alive. I don't know what the fuck after seeing that movie, I would cast well, them. They in. kept them alive until they couldn't. Hey, hey, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to Paul Walker. R.I.P. Man. Um, the okay, irony. Zach, I want to give us give us some final thoughts on here, and then I want to hear your your score. Uh, final thoughts on this movie is even coming back to this almost twenty years later, I still really enjoyed watching it. And, you know, I, I can get past the cheesiness mm-hmm. and I can get past all the one-liners and I can get sure. past some of the acting to just really get down to the core of what made this movie so great was just the immersion and eruption yeah. of tuning culture as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it, it shaped our lives, you know, for the better. I mean, if you're somebody that's in the car community, this is going to get referenced over and over again, whether it's a meme or whether it's a good yeah. thing or whether it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. say what you will. This had an impact. Oh, yeah. exactly. You can't you can't deny the impact that it had. Okay, let's hear, let's hear your score for this, for Fast and Furious. This is kind of tough because I don't want to go too high mm-hmm. uh, for somebody that's gonna just like randomly watch this and be like, "Whoa, this is mm-hmm. not what I was expecting." So yeah. 
Maybe what I'll do is I'll break it down for somebody that is into cars and somebody that's not into cars. That's probably probably Smart. good. Smart. So for somebody that's into cars and is open to the idea of watching a movie from 20 years ago about it, I would give this an eight. Okay. I, I think that what it's doing and its overall goal is, is worth the high praise. Mm-hmm. But for somebody that is coming into this blindly that – has no interest in cars, it's probably going to be like a 6.5. Yeah. If okay. I'm being honest. <laughs> there you go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so, um, so for, for you, your, cause your score is, is your score, you know, your, your, how you personally feel about it. So you're probably, are you somewhere in between? Or are you, are you hitting the eight mark? Every I'm, time you I'm like it? at the 7.5 okay, to eight. Okay. It's, it's not my favorite of the entire series. That was my next question. But it's, it's definitely up there and okay. it's definitely a, one that's, uh-huh. the most rewatchable like okay. it's something you could throw on in the background while you're oh, cooking or something like that 100%. You know? yeah and you look over and you 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 catch vin you know throwing the middle finger over at the the crowd well, also we didn't talk about how there's crowds like uh over over there we got the mexicans yeah, yeah, over there a, we got the whites that's what we were talking about earlier oh, okay, they were okay. the, <laughs> the fucking Oh, and just the reactions to when they would diss each other. You'd be like, oh, well, your, your car's, what do you got, a, a fuel injector in there? Like, oh, and you're right, like, right. what the fuck That's just a pretty kind of hype, kind of hype. <laughs> I was surprised when they dropped the N-word in there. I was like, whoa, just like out of nowhere. Wait, who did? Ja Rule's girlfriend. Oh, did she really? Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. That kind of took me away. Yeah, I just, true. I, I guess it's kind of like. You want to make this kind of family friendly ish? Yeah, yeah. Edwin's girlfriend. That was funny. kind of kind of funny. You got Jaw Rule playing Edwin. Yeah, like, really. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just he's a mama's he's boy. a techie car guy. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, Aiden, Aiden, let's hear. Let's Monica, hear your no. <laughs> no, his whole reason for racing was to have a threesome. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, dude, <laughs> just failed. God, also just like. I kind of just want to talk about Ja Rule's career after a while, you know? Start out hot. This is, this is the slipperiest of Okay, slopes, all right, all right, we won't. You, it's just, but this, <laughs> watching this movie now, I was like, that seems pretty on brand with Ja Rule. But if you would have watched it in 2001, you'd have been like, God, Ja Rule's a fucking badass. A badass. you like, yo, 50 wouldn't be on the wheel there. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, if you give it to me, I give it to you. You'd be like, oh, this guy's a hit maker. <laughs> A blockbuster star, and now after seeing him try to like perform at an NBA halftime show, he's like, "Y'all ready?" And everyone just like, he's like, "Guess not." Uh, guess not. <laughs> uh, yeah, to yeah, to f- fucking uh, fraud businessman. Yeah, yeah. Ja-, ja Rule definitely fell hard. Um, but uh, so I'm just coming into this movie as just ranking movies, and I thought it was so bad. I liked. I I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a. Re- the score that I think is respectable because of what it's done just for like, just like, I feel like even movie cultures, it's just like, this was a, a movie series that like broke boundaries and you can any, anywhere around the world, they're going to mention this movie. So for that, I give it just a flat six. If it wasn't for the, the one, the cars and then the effect that it's had and how long and how much money it's made and how much, how well it's done. I would have given it like a five, five or a five (laughs) just, just based (laughs) on the, that's that's fair. Just based on the dialogue and and like the story, but because of, of just how I was, I was shocked with how many people would, would mention fast and furious. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, especially from people from our generation, it's a lot of people's go-to like favorite series. Um, so yeah, six flat. For yeah, me. rewatching it now, I feel more inclined 
to watch the the other movies. Like if I had a friend who was like, "You want to go watch the new one?" Now I'm like, I'd be I'd be down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't rewatched these, then I'd still the only memory I would have of Fast and Furious is Tokyo Drift, which I'm reading is like one of the lowest rated ones on IMDb. Which it also I has it like it all has has none of the characters from the first movie, right? It, it just got so messy with the cast and what's going on okay. with the story. Well, there's a guy in that movie who's like is in the rest of the movies. Um, Asian dude with like long black hair. Yeah, Han. Yeah, he's like people love. He's like revered in the series, and he isn't in the first one. He was but introduced. In he's Tokyo in Drift. in Tokyo Drift, but then they use like some t- Texan dude from like I think he's in Friday Night Lights the movie, and then I don't know if you ever see him again. Oh yeah, and he's also like twenty six playing an 18 year old he's like supposed to be in high school yeah he's just got the face hair just like coming out you know yeah i love it but yeah that uh han i remember him being like a very big deal throughout uh the series yeah so this is gonna be a a six five for me i think that it is so rough around the edges in terms of like a a typical movie that Mm -hmm. we're watching you know but you don't watch it for any of that no. You watch for the cars, and, and I was just happy the, to see the action. I mean, as, I happy as to see a the series got in on. there, yeah, the action. It's it's categorized as like an action crime thriller. I think that they they got the action and the thriller, and they should have brought somebody in to write a, the crime aspect for them. <laughs> that might it might help pull things together a the, little bit. The the cop and criminal story was so weak that it was like you yeah. forgot about right. it. It was, it was pretty laughable. wild. So maybe that's how they step it up because the later ones are rated much much higher fast five six well i think that i'm sure that producers are like oh this is going to be profitable let's bring in all these people and then the the rock comes in yeah what stay them what what have you seen all the movies or no i i've seen most of them do we know what movie the rock joins in what movie luda is luda is in the third i think ludicrous is in the second one actually he's in tokyo drift isn't bow wow in tokyo drift tokyo drift Tokyo second it's Uh, not too fast sort of like a it's like what's it called in Star Wars? Like uh, Solo? Rogue One. Oh shit! I had no right? idea. It's like in yeah, sort of yeah. it's Oh, I thought side I thought Tokyo one. Drift was number two, and then it went on. No, one, no, two. So with Tokyo Drift, it has a completely different cast. But with Too Fast, Too Furious, it's got Paul Walker. You got Tyrese. Oh, Does I thought it was Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift. Oh no! Wow, <laughs> it shows how little I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're all good. Um. But man, the creator of this movie has ha- just got to be so rich, because he gets to sell the rights to it, and he's like, "Yeah, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna make billions." Yeah, depending on what kind of deal he did early on, I've heard about people who sold like writing deals early yeah. on, and if you sell it for like a single package at that time, it's it's that like say he got like 400 grand in that's all he got in 2001 as opposed to if he did like a licensing package where it's like like every owning your masters thing. type stuff. Yeah, Fuck. so true who knows but yeah he's got i'm sure he's rich and doing just fine let's move well, on then. yeah let's pivot i i think we really have a, a decently comprehensive look on car movies but before we completely pivot into senna um are there any like car things that movies that stick out to you i know on the phone we talked about james bond a little bit about how cars are are more often props than a sort of central theme yeah, you don't really see it too often where the car is going to be the focal point. I think usually mm-hmm. with higher budget movies, that's when companies will come and showcase like their new right. supercar or yeah. whatever it is. I mean, you're even thinking of like Batman and stuff. You know, the Batmobile is so iconic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But with sure. with James Bond, 
his Batmobile is the Aston Martin, for example, oh, okay. or whatever he's driving in that movie. And then all you're thinking about is like, wow, all the gadgets and stuff. I wish I could be like that, right? Mm -hmm. So to kind of answer your question where things are going with like cars and stuff in, in general is that we're really trying to keep focus on just like the aspect of bringing cars into movies so that it brings more appeal overall rather right. than it being the only thing that you're going to be focused on because it's going to reach out to a broader audience. Right? Yeah. If you put it, if you like weave it into a good movie. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think, did you see the newest Mad Max? Yeah. So I feel like when you talk about tuning culture, that was like tuning survivalist culture. That was and like was hardcore. Tuning so hard. I mean, they're fucking spewing gasoline right into the fucking, you know, flames of the engine. That movie's, oh, I love it. And movie. so that kind of had, because we were looking at car movies and Mad Max came up and I was like, I don't want to, that's like. It's a, not quite a car movie. And it's its, like its a, own thing. But there is an aspect of this, of, of tuning, getting your shit bare bones together just to be able to go out there and ride. And it kind of, it, it definitely took me out of like uh, whatever plot was going on into the, the car scene. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's. That would have been a cool movie to actually put on here. Maybe we'll have to do that for another time. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Cars, Cars Part 2, Mad Max. Yeah. Apocalyptic Cars. Apocalyptic Cars, yeah. yeah. But I mean, besides me, like, what are your guys' thoughts? For as car, like, what are some, some standard car movies? Yeah. Well, what's the, uh, Batman, Batman was always big to me uh, as a kid. Cars. <laughs> Cars, <laughs> Lightning yeah. McQueen. Uh huh. Uh, um, what's like a car movie that stands out? Maybe um, like... uh, Boys in the Hood. Fucking Ice Cube's mm. Lowrider is very iconic. And then the the guy the car that they're in where they shoot Ricky, the fucking it's like oh a, with the shoddy it's like a Jetta or some shit. Yeah, they're like it's like tinted windows. Um, I have this faint childhood memory of a Lincoln Navigator. Did you guys see? I think it was Are We There Yet? Yeah, yeah, the Lincoln Navigator gets <laughs> yeah. burned up. That burned a memory into my brain a as a kid. Car. I was like, the whole time I just loved the interior, the the wood grain. Yeah, that it's kind ice, of ice shit. cubes car. That's right. Yeah, and then I remember when we would play uh, Midnight Club, I would always get like a Navigator and Escalade because I kind of liked hauling. Well, ass we were in like S. We were like the. Not the prime demographic, but we were there to witness like the the heyday oh, the, of the, the Escalade, of, the big the big it's cars, all pre uh, big suburban type cars. When people are burning like eight miles to the gallon, like the Hummers, I was Escalades, I navigators. was obsessed with Escalades. Yeah, I was kind of into those those big cars when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, it's a big baller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's I saw like a Top Gear and they did like an Escalade category, and there's like it's pretty much driving your bank account because it is like a bad investment. <laughs> it's like not good, but like. But it's a cool looking car. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of like another distinctive Smokey and the Bandit, maybe. Yeah, or, or like, like Dukes of Hazard. Yep. Mm, yeah. Um, that's like iconic Americana action. Right. You right. Know? Fucking right, right. Uh, Kill Bill, the the pussy wagon. I I thought that that one stood out. <laughs> I to would me. have never yeah. thought of that. That one that car yeah. stood out to me a ton. Yeah, um, Shaft. I feel like Shaft doesn't he drive like a a Coupe DeVille or some shit. Like he's like a cool car guy. Oh no, mm. Training Day. Yeah, mm -hmm. Denzel's car. Yeah, that car. Oh my god, I would. Yeah. I would yeah, the the guy. West Coast lowrider scene. That's what always like fascinated me, just because the like guardians and like friends' parents that had those cars in Everett. I thought they were the fucking coolest thing ever. So mm -hmm. anytime those get a nod. Um, did you ever see American Graffiti? 
No, I've never so seen that's that. like a. It takes place in like late fifties, early sixties. It's just like a. It's almost like Days and Confused. It's just like over one day, of them like kind of partying and like cruising and chasing girls. And the cars in that movie are nuts. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Dazed old. and confused. I'm just thinking about the VW bus. Yeah, and it just comes out and the smoke is yeah. flying out. Um, Spicoli. Do uh or that's um Fast Times. Oh fuck yeah, you're right. But anyway, um, oh, I'm the, up. my bad. My but bad. uh, but uh, yeah, check out American Graffiti. It's just like a the whole thing is just like cars and cruising, and like the one of the plot lines is like, uh, who's got the baddest car in town to go race on this like airway? It's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, let's jump into Senna here. This this one really took me by surprise. So Zach recommended we watch this one. We had a, a few lined up, but I'm really happy we we did it. This is also the first documentary that we're that you guys done or that we've, we've done. done. Really? Right. I don't think yeah. we've covered a doc yet. Did you um, and Thel cool. before I jumped on or no? No, we didn't. We okay. thought about doing documentary episodes and just never got around to it. So there's a lot of nuances, you know that will separate this from mm-hmm. ford versus ferrari which I, I guess is the closest thing to it aside from rush did you see rush ever mm-hmm. so that was the story about uh nikki lauda and um the other formula racer um they actually mentioned within the first five minutes of i think so yeah of uh senna um but yeah without i've, I've heard that one's uh, amazing as well so i'll have to watch that eventually but um so how did you hear about Senna? Like, how did we even just on Netflix? Come into I feel it, like yeah. it was like there was an ad on Netflix for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think back in 2010 when it came out, I specifically remember it came from Top Gear, and at the time I was just really invested in just like watching Top Gear and things. And his name is is culturally identified as one of the greatest Formula One drivers of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if you have you know, just learned a little bit about F1 racing, there's a very likely chance that you're going to hear Senna's name. And there's good reason with it. I mean, with this documentary as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I, another thing I had no idea about Formula One, I didn't start hearing about it um, until like they, I think they play Formula One races on Sky Sports in, in the UK. So like anytime I was watching soccer, it would be like, oh, this person won. And I, that was the only so this is a, once again just diving into something completely new for me, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Senna's a Formula One racer, and we follow him go through his early stages in his career all the way to the end of his career. And one thing that stood out to me from this documentary is they did not rely on aside interviews to tell the story. They had so much incredible footage. So much footage, mm-hmm. dude. And I think a lot of modern docs, especially the ones that Netflix pumps out, so they, many, the dude. story is 100% reliant on these aside interviews. And they ask them you, tricky questions. You want you want footage. It's so tough to hear them talk about the time, and then you mm-hmm. don't get to see it. And you're like, fuck, yeah, so what was that like? Exactly. So in, instead of watching these aside interviews to tell the story we're given this beautiful footage over over you know several decades worth and i loved how that moved us through the story and we got so many different perspectives and heard from people without having to see their face Mm -hmm. all the time it kind of developed a a richer story to me i feel like there was like a few storylines too like you had um like just who what company each writer's writing for him and prost and then they're, uh, I guess, dynamic. They're kind of like on the same team, but arch enemies because they're competing for number one. Um, 
and the, I don't know. It, and then like just his like his upbringing because it's also like a bio piece, and mm-hmm. then like his personal life and what he's doing for Brazil, and uh, like I don't know. It just his timing as as to be the icon that he was in the country that he's from. I think was like also a very important part. That's why he's such a not only because like you know I just feel like when people pass away and they were still in like a peak of their craft sort of like a Tupac or Biggie or something they become like just cemented in in just culture but also I think they just talked about Brazil a lot and what it was going through and how he was like just kind of a beacon of hope and that that that, that was pretty awesome yeah no that was a really emotional part when you know the news came out when he passed away yeah and they showed they I didn't think they were going to show the footage just all of Brazil like just coming out from the woodworks just to celebrate the life of Senna's is is it was really touching. Yeah. It was also just like it just showed um I think it showed nationalism in like a pretty positive light. I think sometimes it did. It sometimes did. the US it's we have like a, a like a tough it's a weird line nationalism here because it can easily be misconstrued as as something that's like racist or something like that but as far as Brazil, it showed it showed like so much pride that mm-hmm. everyone had, like no matter what sect of society they were from for Senna, and it kind of brought everyone together. And you're like, damn, that's done. Yeah, well. it's it's like if LeBron was like had just won a championship, and instead of like, you know, a hundred thousand people having a negative comment to say about it first, everyone they positive. were just happy because he was American. Yeah, you know, and yeah, and that's how they were to Senna. It felt like when he would go back to Brazil, and they would have those <laughs> kind of hilarious celebrations for him and they would just be happy just because he was brazilian, brazilian. Yeah. that was that was it and he had done something that represented the country in a good light and that was that watching you know? it i definitely was like man we could our country could take a page out of that book yeah but they're also for getting sure. ruthlessly fucked by their government who's like yeah go uh go do your celebration yeah so celebrate him yeah we're gonna take all your land and we're gonna burn the amazon yeah um, jesus christ what i thought was badass was him real fast this is kind of a side note just dumping a the huge bottle of champagne on his head. I loved. I liked how he did it. He <laughs> yeah. just was like, he just <laughs> all the way. It over. Well, at first when they showed it, I was like, oh, a bottle of champagne that'll take about three seconds, and it's like ten seconds, and he's just <laughs> still going. I'm yeah. like, Jesus, dude, that's so yeah, much champagne. You'll see like sports. Yeah, they'll <laughs> celebrate. They'll just... like uh, pop bottle, spray it, and he just, <laughs> yeah, he just pours it on him. It's a nice champagne shower, literally. I, I love the amount of canon moments that they have in it. But also just the emotional reactions that he has when he like wins his third championship mm-hmm. and he's screaming in the car yeah. and he literally passes out. Right. Yeah. With, yeah. with his hands clawed on the steering wheel, the medics have it's to like come. It's like rigamortis type deal. Like you're so yeah. intense. And, and in his interpretation, since he was actually very religious, which I had no idea, yeah. that in those moments is when he sees God. He sees God, yeah. He doesn't see racing or uh-huh. what's happening in reality. He ascends basically in his mind to i mean you have to reach because what you're doing 60 laps you have to reach a level of focus that's just unknown right like like, he says he goes unconscious he like he talks about that you'd have to the focus he he's like i I, after a while started doing it for so long going so fast i lose consciousness and my body just takes over yeah just muscle memory and creators they kind of talk about this sometimes and they call it flow yeah you know especially when you're... this felt like flow state on steroids <laughs> exactly this is like the extent of flow yeah if you think about it but with that 
the just the raw clips of like him being in the car i mean every time i see the clip of him driving through monaco like all the hair on the back of my head stands up it's just like holy shit I, them fly- take. I was like okay is this sped up is this no, edited? Dude, they're it, just, it just so fast raw that it makes you wonder where the i also thought they were sped up at first and i was like uh-huh. oh and then i was like there's no way like because you would think like the pitch of the car would be a little higher if it's sped up and i was like no this is like raw footage and they he is flying yeah yeah like that guy is taking his life putting his life in danger every time he steps on the track and with the technology where it was at in the early 90s and late 80s with formula one cars is there was a lot less regulations so when you go out and you see an f1 race today it's very different from what it was before so with this you have mostly turbocharged v10 engines Mm -hmm. and built beyond extension and being able to scream and the reason that you hear all that screaming is because of the rev range yeah and with that the chassis themselves they almost skip across the ground is when they're going about so what's really remarkable is to see senna when he drives in the rain and what a lot of people will tell you about is it's just remarkable his his focus and his control when he's in the wet yeah because all it takes is just like one you know, wrong. It looked like the slightest thing would throw you just in a, yeah. Fuck you up. And you just crash the car. And I mean, that's a millions and millions of dollars right there. Just like going up in flames or whatever. So it totally felt like the fucking wild west. I was like, when we were watching, it. I was like the, it seems like the F1 rules are kind of still up in the air. They were still being established. Yeah. Yeah, So the, the fact that someone else could have those, uh, they said, I think they said they were like airbags. It was like or... electronic suspension or something. Yeah, I think that's where it could balance the car on their own. Traction control was starting to implement and be sort the of the fact like... that uh, Prost. Yeah, well, the fact that someone else could have that, but not everyone Prost got won, that. I was like, what the then, fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that doesn't make it. They were that literally, so literally like, yeah, this does not even the playing field. Like that person's car. I don't think it was Prost. I think it was a different dude, like Schumacher or something. Had had that oh, yeah. uh, sensor control thing where you, he didn't have to balance it; the car just balanced itself or something. But, but then when Senna went to that team that had that balance, then F one was like, "Oh no, now nobody." Can it use definitely it. seemed mm-hmm. like the federation had been has tried to fuck Senna. Like if they didn't fuck him over and over again, he could have like five titles or something. I mean, a lot of the racers actually hated Senna because he puts them in a position where. It's either you're gonna crash or he's gonna overtake you. Right. He right. did, and that's he, what he, he would cut for. out the like take the inside a lot. Yeah, and he would mm-hmm. he would say, "Hey, that's that's your decision. Like you you either yeah like, it, get out of my line or there's something's gonna happen." So it's it's a huge mind fuck. I mean, when you just have one of the greatest racing drivers coming up right beside you, and you have to make that split second decision, it's you like, know he's gonna be aggress- aggressive as hell. He, yeah, he's, he's not, not gonna down. let up. It's yeah. like playing chicken with somebody, but you know that they're just gonna keep going no matter what. but they also like when they showed the background meetings they like kind of stood up for him like the one where they talk about how uh whether they should put cones or tires they all vote i think he senna knew what was wrong with safety protocols yeah pretty much right that that seemed to be unanimous and then the rule change on when he like when he went off and they're called like chasms or chasms or something he went off and there was that when Prost crashes into him, but his car still works, and he goes back and mm-hmm. wins the race, oh, and they're, yeah, and they're like, the... "No, you can't turn around, or you can't re-enter, or right, something." Right, right, right. And then, like the next year, they're at the finals again, and they they like up, they change that rule, or all the all the racers are like, 
yeah, that thing you guys did to Senna was fucked last year. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then he leaves the meeting because he's like, dude, I, I thought I was the only one thinking this. Everyone thinks this. Uh-huh, yeah. It seemed like they uh, they sided with him with his, like, the protocols he wanted changed. But then on the track, they're like, okay, dude, you're... Because Prost was French, ass. and then the, the, the head of FIA or whatever was also French. Right. The thing with uh, the rivalry between Alien Prost and Ayrton Senna is the fact that their driving styles were completely different. Prost is a very logical driver. When you see him, it, everything is so calculated with him when, mm. when he drives. And it's really remarkable, the things that he's done, just like in F1 racing in general. But with Senna, he's just he has nothing but the agenda to win. Yeah. So he will do whatever it takes. No fear. Just to win. Exactly. No fear in his heart. Prost, he has the fear in his heart, but he's very logical. And he was always after Senna trying to tell him, hey, you know, if you keep keep this up, you're going to get in some huge trouble. You're going to get injured or whatever. And he just kind of brushes him off to the side, right? Because mm-hmm. of the rivalry. Yeah. But in the end, it led to his demise. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's another thing to talk about. Like, if he didn't make that switch from, what was it, McLaren to Williams or something? Or what was the, the second brand called? I think it was Williams. Yeah, it was either Williams or Renault. I, I can't remark. He makes he makes the change to mm-hmm. a new car company. Yeah, Williams cars, and it just does not, just does not mesh with him. And they just like cannot find. And I think he makes the change because he's like, all right, I get this new. Because the year before, they were the car that had the that auto suspension or whatever the fuck. They the, had the, that. Like it helped balance, and you didn't yeah. have to do and it. And then and then when he got and there, they're like, nah, can't have any of that. Exactly. And yeah. Then, yeah, and they could never get the car like throughout the, the whole that whole season they could never get the car right. And he's like, this just doesn't feel like what I was driving. And you're like, fuck! It relies on the car so much. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And it was so cool to just see those candid moments where he's like giving feedback to the engineers to tell them like how the car is behaving and stuff. Like, yeah, I felt so much more immersed in just like those small moments rather than if it was just him like in an interview, like you were saying. Yeah, just blabbering on about his life or whatever. That yeah. that just felt so real. It reminded you of the when the Ford versus Ferrari test drives where he comes exactly. back and is like, all right, so this is happening, and yeah, you you get a you really get like a peek into like a very specific world of mm-hmm. like, he's the driver and he knows what's up and he's like, all right, we need to do this and that. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's just like a, I mean, when Ken miles listened to the corporate people, he got burned for it. Remember yeah. when he loses because they tell him to, to slow down for the photo finish. Yeah. It's fucking that part. That's I, you, I knew that was like something was coming and like either he crashes or something. And I was just like, fuck, I don't know. That was frustrating. But this one, like Ford vs. Ferrari, also made me want like more F one culture. Like, yeah, I want, I yeah. want more like Monaco 100%. scenes. I want I want more like what's going on between the racers because there's so much like random tension between everybody, and they did such a good job of getting that real footage. Like there's so much body language between Prost and uh, yeah uh, Ayrton. Like shit was fucking it was heated. Yeah. I liked it. Very intense. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were the. There was one crash where he takes him on the inside and then uh, Prost hits him or whatever. And then they, then uh, Arton wins because Prost had to get first or something. Yeah. And, he uh, just sabotages the whole race. Yeah. And he just, even in the interview process, like I just wanted to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. fuck dude, that I thought they were going to start throwing it, throwing down on the track. I was like, Oh shit. It, mm-hmm. it does happen. Yeah. The also just the, uh, man, the number of crashes is crazy. 
That's how it is. Even to this day, there's so many crashes, but it's definitely gotten a lot better. I mean, this is very different times. You said that, um, you know, because after Senna crashes, they appoint his, um, that guy on his team. The specialist or whatever. Yeah, they they appoint him to the new, like, safety uh, director. And then in the dock, it said since then, there haven't been any fatalities yeah that nobody's been killed and they all like adopted in formula one though there's been other offshoots and races where i'm sure people um, well yeah yeah yeah, just talking formula one but it's just ironic because senna and that guy were the whole time were like change this change that this is dangerous stop doing that and they didn't listen to him until he died yeah i mean that also could be the documentary's point of view like you're really on senna's team but it it definitely did seem like Dude, the French people did not want to listen to him at all. Yeah, the the French CEO was so ridiculous. He went that one of the uh, towards the end when he's asked, there, there's a topic put that they're to debating on it. Yeah, well, before he even puts it to a vote, he's like, "No, we will listen to my opinion because my opinion is best, and my opinion is best because I always know what's best to do." And he's like, "You're not in the car." And then he's like, "Okay, let's put it to a vote." And he's like, "Okay, man," <laughs> like. <laughs> He acts like he has this like imperial rule on everybody, and then he just gives it to like a democratic vote, and then the racers immediately side for what Senna was already out. Yeah, because I mean, because he's in the car, like he he, yeah. they're all experiencing the same thing. Yes, he's like probably, it seems like he was definitely the most, uh, the biggest risk taker and would put other people's lives in danger. But at the same time, he knows what he's talking about, mm-hmm. and I don't know, man. That's just what happens when, like he says in the beginning, he was like, oh man. I remember when I was doing go-kart racing, which I had no idea it started there, and then you do Formula One, which I was like, imagine just being really good at tracks in Muckle Teo, and mm-hmm. then fucking, <laughs> you're like, all right, next up, Formula One. Dude, I, because I, I had a go-kart in sixth grade, uh-huh. same situation when I moved in with this car guy my mom fell in love with, um, they got me a go-kart, I didn't even ask for it, and we started going to races at Boeing. But the Boeing's really? parking lot, they used, I mean, they probably still You do. raced? Yeah, we raced. And it was such a piece of shit go kart. It would <laughs> stall on me all the time. I would have to get out, pull the card to this cart to the side, start it up again. I hated it so much. I never asked for it. I'm not, I'm not like into that stuff too. And I'm was like doing it with a guy that I didn't like. And, um, but the scene though, those guys are racing to get bids into other go kart races to, you know, it's like uh. a, there's a whole thing. There's a, it's a whole thing. That's crazy. And mm-hmm. so seeing that go-kart thing in there, I'm like, okay, that's kind of tight. And when he said, he was like, that was before money came in. Because I feel like once you get the Federation oh, yeah. and money comes in, then before fucking got, crazy that's, shit happens. That's what I was, I was telling Zach. That was probably was such a beautiful conclusion to it, to end it with him talking about what pure racing was. Yeah. No money with this guy who was this like purest mentor and that was beautiful yeah Yeah. just kind of always corrupts like the the culture i feel like Mm -hmm. but it it is what it is well yeah i i I highly recommend senna um if you're really really not into cars like not even remotely then i guess maybe but i think this is a doc that could get almost anybody there's enough story yeah especially if you have like a just an ounce of competitive drive senna as a human is just one of those peers i mean what he said uh either do it well or forget it you know he he and he carried that mentality throughout his life he He's was just like, driven man. with passion or not at all and i and i love watching pieces on on human beings who take their passion to the just hit that limit. peak yeah. yeah he's he was he's a legend he's a real one i mean absolutely yeah. r.i.p the 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 two crashes in like the same weekend too like the, it's very there was a crash in the practice 
and then you saw the like the real footage of him before and he looked he looked visibly different than he did before all the other footage you saw before mm-hmm. races and you're like fuck man yeah it's all honestly almost remarkable the lack of like safety protocol they had in line and the fact that more people didn't die and they're driving that fucking fast yeah because those cars would just crumble. Man. I mean, you, that just goes down to the skills of the drivers. Yeah. And and sometimes true, the true. elements. That's a good point. You know, like the, the weather could just be a big thing. I, you even see it, the majority of F1 crashes happen in the very, like, first five seconds. Yeah, that part's wild. Like, if you don't get off the line, you, you're going to hit the person right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And these cars, when they stop, uh, I noticed, at least in the movie, like, nine times out of ten, they're not starting back up. They, they have to get guys to come pull them off the track. Yeah, I mean, just due to the way that they're designed, it's probably safer to do it that way okay. rather than get stuck and right. spin the tires and then yeah. gravels flying everywhere and uh-huh. stuff. And that shows how, how like not functional for real life these are. Oh, absolutely they're not. Like, they're they're so delicate. They're gonna be hole. broken all the time. Damn. Yeah, you like the just the front spoiler that mm-hmm. diverts all the air to push to give it more downforce in the front is probably just like millimeters off, off the, the ground, ground at yeah. sometimes. And how about these guys who are coming out uh, at the pit stop, if you want to call it that, to fix, like, his, uh, his front fender? And they've just got, like, you know, handheld tools. Yeah, no, I, no, I was like, expecting, like, a drill. drill. Yeah, and they're just, like, turning it. I'm like, That's, damn. Yeah. And Still I mean, one, you, baby. You go, to, you go to a NASCAR race now, and everything is just basically automated. Oh, right? Yeah. The people are just there. They press the button, and mm-hmm. whatever they need to do just comes right off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, really the guy that crashed before him, I forget his name. I think Donnelly. Yeah, Donnelly. Yeah, he uh, he he like does he hit like a little bump or something? Because he flies like he flies thirty feet in the but air. But Sen also talked about how the way one of the corners was designed. He's like, the physics will lift you up into the air every really? time oh, if you miss, miss if you miss it by like a fraction of a turn, mm-hmm. it's gonna send you up and then and fucking blunt force head trauma. Yeah, pretty much. That that part was great. Seeing how. How much air that guy got before he crashed was nuts. I was like, it looked like he just, like, there was some sort of fucking rocket engine underneath him for a sec. Just, I mean, it basically is. These cars, they got 12, 1300 horsepower underneath the hood. So mm-hmm. that's capable of launching anything into this guy, really. Yeah, right. Pretty much. How, it's a rocket. How crazy would it be to go 200 miles per hour oh, in a car? Insane. I think I went on the Boeing freeway. The fastest I've ever gone in a car on the Boeing freeway, freeway like, 117 ish, 120, like right under 120. I remember in the Integra. <laughs> the Integra. I got. Oh, uh, that I've used to push that thing to its. Yeah, this limits. guy is a crazy driver. <laughs> uh, Lexus Magana drove his dad's uh, Mercedes Benz. I remember he was driving me to practice one time, and he got up to 130, and Jesus. I was shitting my pants because yeah. it was on um, it was on the freeway from from Aldward Mall to like I five where it, like connects you. Yeah, I forget what the freeway no, called. I know, I know exactly. Like what Evergreen you're about. Way. There's a stretch. There's a really good stretch there. Yeah, and he just started flying, and I was like, <sighs> like holding onto my seat. Yeah. And, and I mean, the intensity of the F1 car too versus like if you got like in the a Bugatti Veyron and yeah. you go 200 miles per hour in that, it's actually probably gonna be pretty pleasant for the most part. Right. Right. Okay. But but in this. I mean, you got the wind just coming at your face, and you're just holding mm-hmm. on for dear life with this car that has no point. traction control, no ABS. Making these turns. Nothing. It's just Fuck. it's just engine and you 
and some wheels. And, and you got some going. other motherfucker, some French asshole right, yeah. <laughs> right behind you. Yeah, just exactly. chain smoking cigarettes, throwing uh-huh. champagne at you while you're driving. <laughs> remember the? Do you remember the interview he had with the uh, woman prosted, and she asked him about like why aren't there female drivers racing? And he's he like, just like, completely dodges it and asks her out. And then she's like, oh, what did your wife think? Yeah. He's like, oh, this is on TV? Mm. <laughs> but you know what was adorable was the uh, re- the Japanese reporter with Seven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my that God. That was, now that's a charismatic man. Yeah. He's, he, hey, man, he's got the charm. He's just, he's just the people's champ. He is oh, such sure. the people's champ. It's ridiculous. For sure. Um, when he's when he's off the track, when he's on the track, I feel like he's a very different oh, person. Un- oh, right. Untouchable. Totally, totally. Untouchable and, yeah, like, yeah. aggressive. Yeah. But, I mean, I, if you wouldn't have said that, I would have thought the cutting in on the corners was, like, a normal thing. Like, the passing that he does. Oh, no. That's that's all just, like, a mm-hmm. psychological thing with the driver to get him to move yeah, out of the see, way. Yeah, see, I didn't... I wouldn't... Because they don't explain that. Because they're, they're trying to paint him yeah, in well, a good picture. So they to- don't explain, like, he's taking fucking risky moves. Well, towards just the like, end... Frost is kind of an ass, so anything he says is not credible. <laughs> yeah, but they have that a uh, former F1 driver interview him towards the end, and yeah. he's like giving them, him these stats. He's like, you know, you crash more than everybody, you do this more than everybody, and then Senna's like not having a word. Well, of that's it. the thing is, by that time, you're like this federation is so against him, right? That I, I like, I was like, this guy's not credible. Right. I was already on Senna's side because gotcha. you'd seen him get fucked over so many times. He still asked him those questions in a very pointed way, and um, so, so I, was, I was still on Senna's side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like now that you're saying that he was like, then it's it, you know. I'm outside of the movie a little bit, and I can like, okay, yeah, maybe he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, to be that good, you have to be taking risks. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and and it's not to say that like he was a doing it on purpose or no, to be a terrible to person. He just wanted to win. That was yeah. his agenda with everything. I can, you know, I can't get mad at that. Yeah, it's just like the stakes are way higher than if you're like Michael Jordan. You know, like the your decisions are really gonna. It's going to have an effect. I mean, some people could even say that Senna is kind of like the Michael Jordan of F1, just in uh, yeah. a very different capacity. I, th- yeah. I mean, it sounds like he is. Isn't Schumacher it, like the GOAT, though? Like, as, as far as, like, rings? What's really interesting is all this is being filmed in the era where Senna steps out, of course, of just the tragedy that happened. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Schumacher was just in the beginning of his career. So yeah, it's he like wins one of, one of the races or something. Yeah, so it's kind of like the handoff with like Michael Jordan to Kobe to Bryant. Kobe, yeah. Um, not to say that you know one is better than the other, uh-huh. but just again very different drivers. Maybe uh-huh. without one, you couldn't have the other though. Like the inspiration from one, because I, I think Kobe says that about Michael Jordan. Yeah, too. and like when I was a kid, I I remember like in this whole fucking go kart scene that I found myself in, they talked about Schumacher like like he was the Michael Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. and I mean even with Michael Schumacher. Um, he got into this horrible skiing accident, and he's been having health-related issues ever oh, since. Really? And he's been out of the public eye for such a long time. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, when he was racing, he was like unbeatable. Yeah, I can't remember if it's a Top Gear term or what, but isn't there a term that they give to like the best driver at the time? Is that like the Schumacher or uh, you know what I'm saying? Like the I'm not sure. When there's the best racer at a, at a time, they, there's this term they give them. I know Jaron and Mikey used to talk about it, too, because they used to watch a lot of Top Gear, but um, I'll have to figure it out. And yeah, get you'll back have to let me know. But, so, Zach, let, let me hear your, your your final words and your, your score on Senna. Out of all three of the movies that we watched, this was my favorite, hands down. I mean, it, it wasn't even close for me. I like this movie so much, I watched it twice. Nice, nice. I mean, love that. Uh, and it got me so 
much more back into just like old school racing from like that time era that I found myself down the YouTube rabbit hole of just like Same. looking up cool clips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and after just seeing all the footage that I saw outside of the movie, it made me appreciate how much I took away from just watching that the very first right. time. Um, overall, I think that the story of Senna is somebody or something that anybody could really dive into. Yeah. Um, I know that it's it's more niche for somebody that's going to be into cars and into racing, but if you give it a chance, I think that there's a lot to it's be said there. Entertaining, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, for me, I thought it was like it just got me really excited. Yeah. In general, so. Did you get a score? score. Oh, for the score. Yeah. I I I feel like I'm a little biased here, but I'm gonna give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Like I I really. I mean, you're the you're coming in with so much more of your life connected to the car scene yeah. too. So if you if you weren't biased, then I feel like there'd be a problem. Yeah, That's, yeah, I, I would probably give it a little bit lower of a score. I think honestly, I was lacking in terms of just like the the POV driving, just like the onboard camera. I wanted more of that. Yeah, like I was kind of bummed out that you only get to see like two it's, or three it, minutes. That part of, like gets your heart racing. You're nice. like, holy fuck. I'm yeah. blind. I bet there's a shit ton of just lost footage. Oh, I'm I mean, going on YouTube. What now. they did have was shaky at best. You yeah, know? yeah, it was sick. But it definitely made it up with just like the the candid moments mm-hmm. and the emotional connections that you make, not just to Senna himself, but the whole country of Brazil just being involved yeah. with everything that's going on. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. But what about you guys? I I, I love that man. Um, and I'll, I'll jump on the horn here. Um, the emotion was big. Man. And I think that's one of one of my bigger requirements for a movie to kind of elevate. So this is a great fucking movie, no doubt yeah. to me. F- for it to push a little higher, um, I-, I think I kind of wanted a little bit more of the the full scope of what was going on with F- F1 at the time. Yeah. But it turned out that Senna was just such a crazy personality in himself that I was like, okay, more than content with this yeah so it's around eight three ish i'm gonna round up because of the point i made before about them not relying on a side interviews and i'm so sick of that in documentaries right now Mm -hmm. so this is gonna be an eight five for me i think it's a documentary that got out of its own way to just reveal yeah the passion the emotion and the incredible life of santa and it had an amazing score Mm. the music helped Oh, yeah. foster those emotions a shit ton i found myself kind of stop and be like wow great great choice here so yeah this is a, this is a easy easy gfm and, and it, it rounds up to an eight five for me yeah i'm kind of in the same boat i have it i have it as just a, uh like a eight probably eight two or mm-hmm. something so it's an 8.0 for me but it's i mean not to like not give it its credit it's a great movie i think it does a good job um for someone who doesn't know much about the the world to still be entertaining still gets you like i'm like like we were talking about before like i'm on senna's side when the interviewer's like you've crashed on like 40 people and i'm but i'm like hey, shut up man you know <laughs> yeah. like it, it it does what it's supposed to do and um has me completely interested like i, I went down a youtube hole last night to like 1 a.m just watching formula one yeah. stuff um so uh i give it an 8.0 just because i feel like uh, we're going to watch a lot of documentaries, I'm sure, in the future. And, yeah. like, I don't even know where to rank this. It's, it's tough to rank a documentary yeah. against a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, yeah, this is this is a, a easy. You could you could throw this on in front of anyone, and it's mm-hmm. gonna grab them, no matter what, no matter what they think about racing, Brazilians. You mm-hmm. know that they're gonna they're gonna love the movie. So yeah, I, eight point for me. Yes, Senna's the way he speaks helps a lot too. He's like super. Uh, he's pretty soft spoken. Soft spoken, but, he, but he's he's very intentional. Yeah. about the things he say and he says and i think that that would he's help super other, direct other super audiences direct. need that type because if he's just coming in like a you know yeah, a matt, you know. matt damon type or something <laughs> like that then it might be might be too off-putting yeah he he only like voice game or something he right. only spits kind of straight facts or at least his facts his facts when when he is he's talking but I he's feel very like honest he yeah i feel like he just cuts exactly to what he wants to talk about like mm-hmm. he doesn't i don't think there's a lot of like even when he was on that show uh, with his girlfriend or whatever, and she yeah. was introducing him. He was still like, well, you know. Mm. So. Yeah, he was a re- he was a real guy, man. And yeah, yeah. Thank you, Zach, for recommending. R.I.P. Man, that one. And yes, uh, R.I.P. to him R. R. and Sun, and Ken sure. Miles. We didn't mention goes out in a burst of flames. I know. Yeah. Also, so did Paul Walker, but we did say R.I.P. to him. Wow, three for three on car movies, guys dying in a car crash. Yeah, Zach, you better be careful out there yeah, are you got, doing much the safety belts on you got the safety belts are you do doing you, much you uh, race, do you? are you are you uh no i'm not a i'm not a big scared. racer anymore um i definitely lived through that era where you know it was cool to go to like the Everett parking lots at walmart to meet Fuck up with yeah. all the cars and drive out what on up? airport and it's got to be an Everett. but Airport yeah. road, yep, 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 <laughs> definitely. Just you know, I've 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 seen my fair share of that scene, but uh, for the most part, I'm I'm not a big racer. I just like to tinker around with mm-hmm. things and yeah. rebuild them. So. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely you're leaning more on the Ken Miles side. Yeah, I could see myself being kind of like the old geezer doing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in the future. So. Mm-hmm. And you get into somebody else's car and you can tell exactly kind of how. Oh it's yeah, feeling. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a weak brake pad here. We're gonna fix that. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Okay, well, thanks for joining, Zach. And yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, man. this is awesome. Yeah, great time. Maybe we'll get another uh, Cars movie when we get a new release. I haven't seen Rush Rush yet, like I said, but I've heard that that movie's great. Um, otherwise, I would say that there's like plenty of room for creativity in the F one. Oh, genre. dude, I would love to revisit because, and yeah. do another episode. That'd be fun. Uh huh. Right. I was like, this was this was great, and Rush is so well rated that we should definitely cover it. What do you? How do we feel about uh? What's that one movie? Her, Herbie Fully Loaded. Oh, there you go. We There's a car movie. That. You know, splits uh, it in half. Where the car's literally a character. Yeah, where it's literally the focal point. Yeah. We should actually watch that. <laughs> Why didn't we watch Herbie? That? Little Rush, Lindsay Lohan. And then when when we get a new car movie coming out, I'll have to check the Mad Max Seven. Oh my God, I'd watch it. I'd watch it for sure. <laughs> All right. Till next time. All right.